Hey, this is Mike Fallett from Dreamstarters Publishing. We created the number one book creation service for entrepreneurs. And in this podcast, you're going to hear about my story and how I help people write their books and keep chasing that hero of theirs. So I hope you like it. You can follow me at The Dreamstarter on Instagram and reach out to me anytime. I hope you like it because this one is going to be fun. Yes, there he is. You there? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Man, I have no idea. Just said you're recording. It sounded great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't hear you for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, no, he's giving us great content right now. And I can't hear anything. I was. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll just jump right in it. You can you can merge them too, right? Okay. Yeah. So to answer that question, that's a great question about um, the Me Too movement. And, like, and I don't know where it got cut off there. But the women I work with are unbelievable workers these are these are models these are these are artists these are people who have the entrepreneur mentality like you would not believe they're trying to get out of their nine to five jobs they are always coming to me hey when are we doing our next shoot hey what what ideas do you have for this next video i cannot wait for that we're going to comic-con awesome so they get paid really well to do this stuff and not only that they are a true asset to this team they have great ideas they have a fantastic uh wherewithal of networking um it it is not like you think okay young lady do this without you wanting to do so i come and say what do you want to do today they're like hey i got some ideas let's try this out this team culture is so strong i think and it's only getting stronger It, it all starts with making sure that everybody does whatever they're comfortable with that's the beginning number two I only hire people for anything, whether it's marketing, writing, whatever. All of my writers are women. All of our models are women. Only my assistant is a woman. I mean, pretty much everybody I work with a woman, except for my videographer. His name is Sean. So, so with the answer to that question, I think it comes down to, you know, making sure that they know the real me videos and entertainment. When you watch wrestling, when you watch shows, when you watch movies, you have to understand that you're an entertainer first and videos are just fun. That's how we do things. Pictures, videos, you got to have fun with it. And if you're not having fun, like I told you before, whether it's them themselves, not having fun, they're not going to do it. These are, these are everybody's a 1099 contractor when it comes to marketing. So that's, it's all about making sure everybody's comfortable with everything. And guess what? I'll defend them. They are the reason why we grew. I'll defend them if anybody ever says anything about them. It's all about the main goal of everybody getting to where they all want to go. They want to be models. They want attention. They want to grow their own name. Guess what? We want to do the exact same. Let's get there together. It's how we all win. We all have to win. That, that, I've worked with models throughout most of my career as well. and You couldn't have said it better. Like, yeah. That's exactly what the secret is like i'm like it's it's really just about being a decent human being like at the end of the day like respecting people as people like entrepreneur to entrepreneur hustler to hustler like if you're passionate about what you're passionate about and we can share in a vision together then that's what it comes down to hell yeah let's look at music videos you named the top music videos right now they're sex appeal movies sex appeal Let's not try to pretend like sex appeal is not a big deal. 
it is a huge deal. We're all driven. It's in our DNA. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. Unless someone's doing something that they don't want to do. That's right. all you have to say. That is, and that, that's where it, it begins and ends, right? Bang, yeah. Bingo, man. Bingo. So my next question for you is, and I know we're short on time, but I have two more if you'll indulge me. Yeah. Okay. So do you think politics plays any part in entrepreneurship at all? Yeah, I do. I okay. really do. I think so. Um, I find out that um, most people I, I work with or all the entrepreneurs that I've helped bring stories to life, whether it's, you know, it could be, it doesn't matter what industry, mm-hmm. you start to see there's a correlation with how they think and capitalism and going after who you are, what you want. You know, I'm going to build my own business. I'm going to do it. These, ten, these people tend to lean towards capitalism. That's and, and whether they're all on one side or not, capitalism's in their DNA. Right. And if you start to look at politics and all that nowadays, basically see this this type A, most likely they're not all, but type A driven personality. Listen, I'm gonna build this business, I'm gonna be smart about it, I'm gonna do great things, I'm gonna work harder than anyone else around me. But you know what I'm not gonna do is I don't like the victim mentality. I I am against uh, you know, people taking my money and it going towards something that's only going to keep people down. So I see, and that, that sounds a little bit crazy, I think, but I see people who are, who are incentive and reward based of, let me try to make as much money as possible because I want to help as much as, as many people as possible. So I think there is some type of political DNA inside them. You don't see them talk about it a lot. You find out a little bit more about them as you I interview them and get to know them. They never really come out and say, oh, I voted for this person or I voted for this person. But you see how they all think, hey, victim mentality is not a good thing. Let's get rid of it. Everybody, let's go out and try to make our own living. We're all here in the United States. We all have the freedom to do whatever we want. There's nobody holding us back. I don't care what it is. Let's go and get it. As soon as you put the blame on this person did this or this is the reason why I'm not there and all that, it just kills your chances of success. So if you were to say, does politics play play in in, uh, success rate? I'd have to say that most people lean towards the let's let's do what's necessary for our team to win. Does there's we don't want government assistance. We don't want all that. Let's just go out and take what's ours because we want to become wealthy to take care of our family and nobody or nothing is going to hold us back so i see that if that answers your question i think it does i think it does as well um i'll add this i think the way we look at our um you know our government programs our subsidies right are we could refocus that and reharness that towards um i think that's a hotbed for entrepreneurs people who aren't working who haven't been able to make it in the nine to five corporate hierarchy world right yes that's an entrepreneur story to me that's the start of one (laughs) well that that's so obvious to people like me to people we work with probably to all of our listeners because they're you know they're all personal development driven and the people if you ever watch any any politician and they say you're not going to be able to get anywhere unless 
I help you or I let we do this or let right. now all of a sudden you got to be weary of that because now they're trying to say you can't do it on your own. You need me. You're dependent you need, on me. You need me. to vote for me for the betterment of your life. There you go. And that's what you got to watch out for. You see that, you know, that person's a liar because I believe if you're born in this country and I work with many immigrants and all that, they are so thrilled to come here to work and they do amazing things. And we just wrote a, we're writing a book with a guy named Alex Resende. I want you to remember that name because this book's going to be coming out soon. Okay. Alex Resende. His tentative title was Soaring in the USA. May change, but it's going to be something like that. Came over from Brazil, multimillionaire now, talks about this in his book. When people come here, you have so much freedom to just pursue the dream. And so don't let anybody, no matter if they're on TV, if they're the big name, ever say, holy smokes, vote for me. And you know what? You're going to be able to get the income that you deserve. God-given income, you deserve it. No. You work hard. You can do it on your own. You don't even need that person. So that's – you look at that and you can apply it to you know, the politics that are going to be happening in the next two years. Just watch for those words. Hey, they can't do it on their own. Vote for me. I'll take care of it for you garbage it's absolute garbage i agree dude because the way i feel about it is you know i've seen i think what four presidents in my lifetime four or five and my life has not changed based on who was in office oh great and it never will never will never will absolutely never will and you know what i make enough money where i paid money to a super pack and I have him on speed dial or I have him or her on speed dial, right? <laughs> yes. Great, great way to put that, man. That's the only way it's going to change. And guess what? You're a problem solver. If you're an entrepreneur, whatever comes your way, you're going to figure out a way to, to get around it, to survive, whatever. So even if they raise the taxes, you're going to figure out, go talk to your accountant, a way to save you taxes and put right. it somewhere else. You'll just invest in your company. I know entrepreneurs, multimillionaires, who basically – their, their, their incomes were getting so taxed so high at a certain place. They moved their money. They moved their company to a different country. Guess what? The only people who got hurt now was their employees. They raised the taxes so high. I believe he was in California or whatever. They raised taxes so high, moved it to a different country. Guess who got hurt? The employees. The entrepreneur, the millionaire didn't get touched or maybe even benefited from it. The, entre- the, the employees who got paid in the United States still they got hurt. So it's almost as if the, the people who create and build or whatever, listen, I don't care what you do. You're going to try to change my life, whatever. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And this is how I do it. I'm going to take care of my family, take care of my business as much as possible. We're going to worry about a profit. We're going to worry about this. The only people you're going to hurt are the people who don't have a say. And that's what sucks. You know, my, my quote is like, you weren't with me shooting in the gym, Right. And that means, like, it came from a rap line from when Kobe Bryant was actually looking at a divorce. And it means that, like, it it was a play on that, but it really meant that people offer opinions, but they weren't there with you when you were really putting in the work, right? When you were starting, when you were in the gym, you're a gym rat, you're a film rat, or doing whatever you do, when you're going through that initial process, but then when you become successful, it's, oh, yeah, you should value my opinion. I did that. Like, no, stop. Oh, I just got chills when you said that. It's a great line. You know, so. Most people no. are there who most people will give you advice when you start to become successful. When I started right. making 
money, I got way more. Hey, you should do it this way. Wait a second. And it's wait, like wait, wait. I needed it back when I didn't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to put it, man. You probably now I'm trying to do it your way and learn your process. Why don't I just stop and keep doing it my way and execute? <laughs> God, I love it because it's so true. You, you know, you do your you do your own thing. You work as hard as you possibly can, and when you start to break out, that's what people want to have a say in your life. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. And if, if to the listeners, if you don't get anything else from that podcast, please understand that it does not work that way at all. Love it. Okay, so last two questions. Well, I'm gonna. I want you to. Uh, I want us to have a dialogue really quick about pitching book ideas. Yeah. Okay, so. I, are you familiar with uh, Jonathan Levy at all? Jonathan Levy? Yeah. Know the name, don't know exactly what uh, what he offers. I thought you were going to say Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I'm like, ooh, that's a great book, but no. I'm got to check that out. But, okay, so he's he does Super Learner. Um, he has a Super Learning podcast, um, and it's about memory and how – if you can perfect your memory, increase your memory, right? That your productivity will increase. Yeah. I think if your company did a book on that, that would be a bestseller. Just throwing that out. Just pitching yeah. that for you. Well, bestseller to me is very easy to do. We actually turn books into bestsellers. So when you say all bestseller, time, yeah. yeah, we do it all the time. So it's actually really easy to do. But when you say that type of content sounds really in-depth, phenomenal stuff. Yeah, so that that to me would be a great book. And what I found out is the greatest books don't always win, but the greatest marketed books win. So if he already has a platform, people already know who he is, and then he wanted to create a great in-depth book, now you have something. If you're using the book to get the attention, credibility, speaking days, whatever, you don't want the most in-depth book. So, and the reason why is just because of simplicity and people reading the whole thing and understanding. So if you already have a platform, go for it. We could help out with that for sure. I think, so, I think for not for him specifically, cause I think he has his own books out, but just in terms of that market, I think something more simplistic, like, and digestible, that's how I'd really define your books is just extremely digestible. Right. As your brand. Yes. Glad you put that. We, we, we call them, Airplane reads. We want you yes. to read these books in an hour and a half to two hours. Yes, absolutely. And you, you can, people who haven't read them, definitely check them out. It's it's worth it. It's definitely worth a read. You're not going to waste your time. It's a huge investment, actually. And thank you for doing that to make it an airplane read. You know, it's very good yeah. on the time. Very efficient. Um, but I, I just think for the market, something digestible for that because it's something that i think people are curious about like we we always hear these things about speed reading right and this and and how to memorize things at like the poker table right you know like or Uh blackjack or however it comes out and you know the notion that we're not using we only use what 10 percent of our brain if that (laughs) yeah right you know, so people are looking for ways to increase their capacity. And I think a lot of the neuroscience of it all can be very overwhelming. Somebody might not want to read. There you are again. Sorry about that. I noticed what's happening. It just shuts okay. off on my phone. 
Really? That's so weird. Crazy. Yeah. So go ahead. Keep going. Sorry about that. Okay. No. I, I thought Gary V was tampering with our phone call. Right. Now. I think he is. I think he is. <laughs> he, he called the higher ups at Anchor and was like, hey, he's got to shut this off. one down. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Don't sue us. <laughs> just kidding. We're just young, hungry entrepreneurs just having a conversation, man. It's all about happiness, Gary. Come on, be happy. <laughs> be happy. We're working hard. All working hard. Working hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that that, um, you know, when you go, because you have like the one on real estate, you have network marketing, what other um, the art books do you have available? Yeah, True Art of Comeback, True Art of Real Okay. True art of network marketing, true art of uh, uh, business, and we're working on right now true art of sales. Okay, that, that's going to be a great one. I'll, I'll definitely have to pick that one up. I'll pick up all of them, but that yeah. one in particular strikes a fancy, um, yeah. strikes an interest. But the, I think even you could do an art of the podcast, I think very digestible. I, I know that one would resonate. Man, that's a great people. idea. I never even thought about that. I swear to God, that's a great idea. There, podcasting is becoming such a huge industry that people would need that. That's a great idea. Now, I I have a small podcast. Is your hero podcast? Yes. I, I, how many episodes do you have? I mean, I do these quick little two to five minutes. Sometimes when I go to the poll or something, I'll just do a yeah. quick. And these are just like me just talking out loud about certain things. I don't do the the hour interviews or whatever. But uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe. Maybe 15, 20, 25, somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah. I listened to like, I think maybe five of them, something like that. Yeah. Quick little, quick. They're quick. Yeah. You could, you could probably listen to all of your podcast and what would you in say? Hour. Two hours? Yeah. Hour. Two hours. Yeah. 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 And that's Everything the whole thing. is airplane ready with you, dude. I like I, that. That's it, man. You know I'm... what you are. You know who you're about. And going it that way. Speed matters. I, I preach that so much where it's like, listen, you you don't have much time. Nobody's going to remember too much about you, but speed matters. And so whether it's – I think until you hit a certain level, quantity is better than quality. Now, when you hit a certain level – You have time, to make that switch, right? You make the switch because now you have the attention of people. You have people know who you are. You really should just be – firing stuff out there and whether it doesn't matter it's podcast or books or whether it's a post or a video or whatever you need to just be pumping stuff out there and guess what by doing 400 videos i did 400 youtube videos just of me talking and doing stupid stuff for a couple of years got me really good really good to just talk on camera so when i hired a videographer and the quality increased now obviously you could spend days weeks months on one video but now I hire a videographer. I pay him per day. I say, hit the camera button. Let's go. So the quality is much better, but we're still, I just flow. So like the more you put out there, you just get really good at just kind of saying things or talking about things on camera or whatever. And whether it's a podcast, like you do it over and over and over, you get really good at it. And so it becomes natural whenever it really counts. And that's what I try to do is just get good when it really matters. I love your YouTube content, by the way, as well. I Thank was checking some of that out before now. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, we're just starting to put some money into advertising. You know, it's funny how you put 200 bucks into it. One video gets 8,000 views. The rest of them get three video views. So it's we're working so on that. Weird. YouTube is all of these things are just these algorithms are insane right now. I, I'm going to send you this uh, 
snapshot that I took, the screenshot I took of some uh, statistics I saw on Facebook on someone else's content. And I don't, I don't want to say their name just because, you know, <laughs> not trying to put people's business out there yeah, like that. Of course, of course. But I'm just like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You can tell these algorithms are just <laughs> not making any sense. Like they're not even talking to each other at this point. And you, 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 it's, it was like the likes were like 19, but almost like 7,000 people saw. Ridiculous. Like, how does that make sense? And then only one share, something like that? Like, come on. That's not, That's usually an ad. That means it's an ad. No. And then like maybe two comments? Yep, that's an ad then. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. It's funny. Yeah. And then usually when I see something like that, I'm like, okay, was the content just like horrible? That's the only way I could like somewhat justify those numbers and them making any sense. And then I looked and I'm like, no, her, her content is good. And she she has a pretty big, uh, pretty wide niche. So what's it's these algorithms right now. They they don't know what they're doing. They're confused. I I think and it's just how it is. I just don't think you're going to make it big on either Instagram or YouTube or now Facebook, Facebook business pages without spending tons of money. I mean, I'm seeing it nowadays more than ever. If you know anything about Instagram past 35, 45 days, they just went through this crazy update, screwed a lot yes. of things up. So that, that's going to eventually people will figure out ways around that and everything. It's going to be good again. Probably we'll see, but it just goes to show you that when you put all of your time or energy into one thing, you are screwed if something changes and it goes against you. If anything changes, because those are all factors. Yeah. Yes. Scary, man. That's why I'm doing and That's what I like about you on Instagram is that you can tell that it's organic and that you built it yourself. There's... Because it relates back to your brand. You know, I... it gives you, reinforces your credibility. That authenticity is so important. Thank you, man. Yeah, and we try to do that. It's 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 it is. I'm a big believer, like I said, in putting out stuff, even if it's not 100 perfect, just to showcase that it's really you. It's not maybe you have the right hashtags or anything like that. But guess what? Tomorrow they're going to see it, and the next day, and you know what? I'll reach out, and you know what? When I reach so find somebody at an event, or if I see them on Facebook, and then they go to look at it, they're going to say, "Wow." This person's been doing this for a long time. So it's almost as if like I'm not relying on likes, comments, and all that on Instagram, but it is a way for you to have a resume online. And that's what I worry about. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, though, man. It means a lot. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I know this new Instagram algorithm is like they're taking away the the likes yep. section. So they won't appear anymore, which that's going to really changed the landscape of Instagram. I don't know. I didn't even know about they're taking away the light. I know that it's getting harder to get likes, but uh, no, you're not even going to see the like count anymore. Oh my God. That's amazing. They're rolling it out in uh, Canada right now. That's you know, I'll send you some stuff about that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out already right now how to like navigate that. See if I can problem solve that a little bit, but yeah. Wow, that might that might be good for the people starting out. I mean, that might be really good. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see what the results of that will be, right? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Yeah. Great feedback. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, 
today. And so tell the viewers your name one more time so that I don't butcher it. You know. <laughs> yeah, my name is Mike Fallett. And it's spelled like fall at, just like he said it before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the Dream Starter or go to website dreamstarterspublishing.com. Those are the two main ways. You know, and you can always call me, the business phone, 844-266-HERO. Always ask me, why is hero the last word? Because I always talk about chasing your hero. And so when you write a book or write a chapter, it really all should be about helping you get to that next level to, to cat, to capture or to become that hero of yours so that's that and then if you ever um you know i'm in pittsburgh pennsylvania work with a bunch of entrepreneurs here but most of my clients are all over the world all over the united states so if you ever want to reach out to me you can reach you can go to i started from zero.com and get a free book here very soon so check it out the network marketing book we're gonna be launching here so i started from zero.com whenever this this gets released probably in a week or so whenever it comes out Everything should be all in place for you. Go on there. I started from zero.com. Sort of a little bit of my story, but pick up free book today. Awesome. Mike, I hate to let you go because I legit just thought of two questions that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. But we will have to have you come back. Oh, okay. You got it, man. Oh, Whenever. Oh, I, can, I can ask him? Ask him. Go ahead. Let's oh, do okay. it. Okay. Three transferable skill sets that you would recommend for an entrepreneur. Okay. Resourcefulness. Number one. It's got me everything in that I've ever wanted, resourcefulness. I could figure out, okay, I don't have money, but you know what? I could build a bicycle. I could build that bicycle to get me to a job. That job will be able to get me to a car. I can make enough money for a car that could barely run. That car can get me to a junkyard to keep it running. Eventually, I can take that car and sell it, put a down payment on another car. Resourcefulness. That's what's going to get you really far. And say the number two thing is probably creativity. You can get resourcefulness and creativity pretty similar. So I'll probably lead right into uh, the people skills, being able to talk to people about anything, whether it's I'm trying to rent an Airbnb and you know what? We're going to be having an event. So let me talk to the Airbnb person. It says no events, but let me see if I can talk to them and try to tell them exactly what I'm doing and see if they're like it. People skills gets you to connect, whether it's on in talking to an Airbnb person, that customer of yours, that business partner, that teammate, your employee, your coworker, whatever. People skills, being able to talk to people, not up or not down. I just was in a room last night with a man who makes $260,000 per month from network marketing. It's passive income, okay? The man talks to people, never, ever, no matter what, will never, you never see him talk down. Never says you should do it this way or this way. He says, listen, this is how I did it. This is why I do it this way. You could do it however you want to do it. I'm, it doesn't matter, you know, but here's what I recommend because this is how I do it. So he talks to people. That's how the most successful do it. And I would say that probably the third thing is, is probably, I would say, say, I don't know if you want to call it leadership or you say confidence, but being able to stand up for yourself and, and fight for who you are and what you want and what you what team deserves and what you're what you deserve i think that's a transferable skill and that could be in your business but it also in person when you go into a restaurant and you know and basically you're going to meet someone or whatever the confidence to stand up hold your head up high to walk into a room to own the room to know that you're of value is the same thing of whenever you're going to ask a customer for 7500 bucks for a book to be confident in yourself, what you can provide, who you are, 
makes you a leader. And guess what? That is picked up by other successful people. I was just having an interview, or not interview, but a meeting with uh, one of the models last night. We talked about energy. So confidence is the same thing as like positive energy. But if you think positive thoughts, just like in the movie The Secret, eventually people are going to take notice of it. So if you are confident, whenever you get up in, in front of a room for worth of, with, with 20 people, or if you're on a podcast and you're confident with what you're saying, who you can help, it's just you sharing your energy and people take notice of that. So whatever you're doing, I think that's transferable also. Excellent. I love those three. Okay. And this is a two-parter. Describe the entrepreneurial climate in Pittsburgh and why you stayed in the climate, your hometown, where you probably could have gone to climates that are more conducive to entrepreneurship, right? Great question, man. That's These are awesome questions. So, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, born and bred. This is where I grew up. This is it. Uh, Pittsburgh turned its back on me early on in my entrepreneurial journey. Nobody was giving me any business. Nobody cared because you know what? It's a blue collar town. It is. I don't look down on that or anything. It's just, that's how it is. That's the culture here. People go, it's hard to relate to entrepreneurship there, right? That's exactly right. It is hard to start a business here. It's easy to get a job and work for some factory or, you know, a union and all that because that's the culture. But when you start a business, it's almost like, who does, who does this person think they are? Oh, you're online doing, talking about this. Really, it, it's difficult. Now, the reason why I didn't move is because my family's here. And this is where my, I grew up and this is, it's actually very cheap to live here. So when you are starting out, you really do got to be in a place where it's kind of cheap to live. Because right. You don't have any money. So it did Chicago's play to expensive. DC is expensive. DC is expensive. Okay. Houston now, great hotspot, expensive. Yeah. Texas, anywhere in Texas, I think is really great for entrepreneurship. It's very expensive in certain places. A lot of my clients are in Texas, Florida. DC is a good one too. New York, California, Arizona are like the main ones from where my clients are at. All of those places are expensive. So it's almost as if there's a trade-off. But what I did was I just got really resourceful when I said, listen, forget about Pittsburgh. I'm not even doing anything here. I'm going to work from home. And I'm going to build my business online. And that's how I started meeting all these people. So it's almost as if like, it was a blessing in disguise, I guess. And I just built all these re- relationships up with people on Facebook and Instagram. So the reason why I stayed was the family played to my benefit because after I became successful, that's when other entrepreneurs in the area started to take notice of it. And they said, whoa, you're right here in Pittsburgh. I went to 10X GrowthCon in Vegas last year. And I met a man. He goes, you're in Pittsburgh? I'm like, yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh. He goes, I'm 10 minutes away from you. Why don't even I know you? I'm like, well, I'm on Facebook. Okay, let's get connected. By meeting in person in Vegas, he was able to see that I was the real deal online. Then we became friends. He became my client. He shared other two people with me, other clients from Pittsburgh. It just worked out that way. But it's few and far between that I pick up clients in Pittsburgh because of that culture. Now, because I'm working with so many network marketers, I'm starting to meet many individuals who are hungry here, but it's the same thing. They're not successful yet. It's the same thing that they're fighting, their family, their friends, the people around them, because the mentality is so much different here than it is in the D.C. probably, than in Florida and Arizona and Texas, where it's almost as if like, you don't have a business? What are you doing? (laughs) 
Yeah, completely different. Yep. So that relates to this next question I have. Why, or no, I'm sorry, not why, but what is the current entrepreneurial, the state of entrepreneurship in your mind? What is not just in Pittsburgh, but just in general, like, what do you think when most people hear entrepreneurship, what do you, do you think entrepreneurship is in a good place? Are we in the golden age of entrepreneurship? Are we in a dark time? What's going on? Um, I would say that we're in a really, really good place. There's two things I think about entrepreneurship. I really believe that it's easier now than ever to start a business way easier now than ever. Hands down. Look at everything that's out there. The downside is the noise. The noise is what's going to kill people. There is so much noise that it's going to drown you out. So what's going to reward people are the, uh, is, is tools and work ethic. And so that plays into my wheelhouse. I can build books. I can build these trophies of, you know, you can get the speaking gigs. You can get the accolades. You can write as many books. I wrote, we wrote tons of books. I wrote like five or six personally just this past year. This is going to be able to allow you to make connections stand out more, but it's a lot of work. Now, if you have a great business vehicle, whether I don't care what it is, it could be anything. Um, as long as you have that, you have a starting place. Now, all you need to do is build tools. You need to build credibility. You need to be active as hell on social media because people are going to do two things whenever they hear your name. They are going to go to Google and they're going to look you up. And if there's nothing there, strike one. Then they're going to look for you on social media, whether it's Facebook and Instagram. And if there's not too much there, you're out. That's how the world's going. So I believe that, that is playing in the, in the hands of people like me, where it's like, just keep putting out content. Keep creating. You're not getting too many views. It doesn't matter now. This is a long-term play. So it's great to start a business. The downside is that you will not see true rewards for, for, great, for many businesses for probably till like three, four, maybe we're in year four and we're starting to see a, uh, you know, a, a spike. We're seeing it starting to rise up. Not many people have the time or the want to stay in it even to year four. So that's what's going to be the scary part. Great time to start because it's easy, but staying with it is going to become harder and harder and harder from here on out because the noise is just becoming really loud. So I would tell those people, anybody out there, keep building assets keep investing in things that will never go away that's videos that's podcasts that's books that's how you stand out over time and ever after you do a thousand podcasts you promote that like crazy after you wrote your 10th book promote that i wrote 10 books this real estate agent never wrote any go to me hire me hey i do 100 videos on on youtube i did a thousand i did 1500 youtube and video this is what's going to separate you so that that's so crucial to stay with it long enough even when nobody's watching, or shall I say, especially when no one's watching your stuff, because nobody will in the beginning. It's only after time and showing your commitment to the craft. Definitely. I, I, I love that response because I, I think the noise is what the, the chatter of it all, because there's so much more people who are interested in being entrepreneurs now because it's kind of trendy. Yep right mm-hmm. but that it takes away from the pat the people who are the grinders who are true to the process who really love the game they love entrepreneurship at their heart you know versus uh, people who are just kind of flirting with it or seeing what's you know 
dipping their toe in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So you do got to love what you do. That That's it. And uh, I know that I would be dead without entrepreneurship. I would be dead without it. There's no doubt about it. I could not do, I could, I'd, I'll, I'll be dead before I ever work for someone ever again. So that's, that's how I look at it. That's not in everyone's DNA. I mean, some people are like, you know what? Oh, man, I wouldn't believe the, the stuff I had to go through with my house. I mean, you know, when you're not turning on the heat because you're afraid of the utility bill or the electric bill, whatever, this is what's, I'm willing to go through anything to get there. So it's almost as if like, you need to have that want is your want is your, is an asset. So if you have a stronger want than the next person, you're just willing to do more. And guess what? That's going to get you further down the road, just staying with it. But it's not year one, year two. It's probably year three, year four, year five, maybe even further than that. So that's what I tell people is like, hey, this is not this is not a short term thing. This is this is a lifelong decision. And uh, when you want family and kids and all that, it's almost as if you know you got to pick the right vehicle to have all that. But it's difficult. You got to pick and choose battles, and it's getting tougher and tougher because it's a long term play, much longer than people think. Absolutely. You have to play the long game. You have to be in it for, for your life. This is, that's why it's, I call it trap life because this is not like, this is not a nine to five. This is a lifestyle choice. Yep. That's it, man. It's going to encompass everything you do, but okay. So this one's a quick question. Which bubble do you think will burst first? Um, or w- which is the biggest bubble between these three college real estate tech industry hmm good question there uh i would probably say i mean i college is always going to be there it's too much of a factory making machine that's going to be there uh real estate chances are i mean you're we're in a seller's industry we saw this movie before real estate is booming right now booming i believe they're a lot smarter nowadays so i don't know if it's gonna if that's gonna bust as you know in the next eight years or so but we're going to see it diminish quite a bit we're going to see a, a market correction guaranteed i'm thinking by 2024 2025 it's going to adjust everything uh and so i would probably say that's what you're going to see so tech when i think of that mm, I, I think that's going to be okay the social media and virtual reality that's what you're going to see the biggest next but probably real estate Social intelligence right oh facial recognition uh all this stuff is you know, AI does not make mistakes. Humans do. So I think that that's just going to become more and more just our, our wheelhouse. Hey, I want food. I'm never leaving my house. I'm going to sit here and talk on the phone, Zoom interviews, never leave my house. That's where we're going. So I would say real estate, even though I think it's really going to just be the market. And so real estate's going to be affected because uh, when the market gets corrected, they're going to assume that eh, the, the, the world is falling apart. And guess who's going to get screwed? The housing industry, and then eventually the financial services for a little bit, and then I'll come right back. So I think just watch out for that because that's that's definitely coming. Okay, so final two questions. What advice would you have for someone who wants to start a business or get into entrepreneurship and someone who it's maybe time for them to exit their company and look at starting a new venture. When, when to leave a business, when the pain or when to leave a, a job, I tell people 
when the pain of going to the job is far more superior than putting yourself through pure hell to start something from the ground up. I say that all the time. So I even posted something like that the other day. If you wake up and you hate your life so much that you could never see yourself doing this past a year or two years and you are miserable and you're depressed, guess what? There is something called momentum in life. And the longer you go down that path of depression and being pissed off with your job, the harder it is to start that lawnmower again. It's going to sit, you're going to be vacant inside. It's just going to be harder to get going. So when you see that happen in your life, you have to make a change. So I would either start a side business or start getting around the right people. And I would tell people right now, even if you don't start a business, let's just say you hate anything that has to do with network marketing. doesn't matter. These people have a mindset. They start thinking they're always reading the right books. Just join an organization. Figure out what type of person you want to become. That would be my number one thing. Just get around the mindset of entrepreneurs. doesn't matter if they're the that's the end all be all just get around the mindset. The other thing I would tell people is uh, whatever you do, I would look at services. If you were to start a business, start a service or invest in a service. This gives you a little bit more creativity. This gives you chances of doing something with no money, no capital. So that means whether it's okay, I'll be an Airbnb host. I'll go and talk to someone who actually has a house and say, listen, let's rent your house out. That's a service. You start to do that. You start to make a commission. Now, all of a sudden, you're an entrepreneur. You're out doing things. You start making connections. You become known as that. Perfect. Which leads me to my probably the third point is whatever you do, become the expert at it. That means putting podcasts, books, content, researching. Start calling yourself the go-to person in your field. That forces you to level up your game. And then all of a sudden, over time, when you start putting out enough stuff and people start to say that person is the go-to person. The reason why is because they just do enough in that field. So create a service and then or invest in a service or a side business or whatever, or do something along those lines. But the, I guess the key is, and it might be tied with that lesson, first lesson of get around other entrepreneurs. Their mindset is different than the employee mindset. Get away from, you know, sitting in that corporate job, you, you have to think a certain way. You're in that factory mindset. You got to get out of that. And that the first way to do that is just, just, just jump in a pool of other entrepreneurs. And I think the best way to do that is probably either find a, a BNI, you know, business network Institute or whatever it is or in your city, your state, or find an organization that's full of entrepreneurs, 1099 people. This is for independent business owners, network marketers. Gets your mind straight to start doing big, bigger and better things. Absolutely. You have great responses, man. Thank you. So final question is what's next for you? And ultimately, what do you want your legacy to be? Good question. I ask that to all all people, you know, how do you want to be remembered? So I would say what's next for me is uh, we are going to be growing this book business far bigger than we ever thought. We're going to be putting out books constantly. We're going to be traveling August 12th, I'm going to be going across country in my Jeep with my motorcycle. I'm going to meet a lot of clients. And then when I come back in September, we're going to be doing some events in Pittsburgh, doing the, uh, the books, for, and we're going to be focusing on, like we do it for all entrepreneurs, but we're going to be really doing events for real estate people and network marketers. And I would say the other part of it is, is what we're going to do from there is uh, 
I want to start helping people become entrepreneurs. And so I want to start getting them on a path, whether it is a, some type of webinar series or some type of course or event, we're going to be helping people start that fire inside of them or start that path of being an entrepreneur. So it's not just the book, it's helping them go from having a job they hate to having a business, then creating a book. I want to com- complete that circle. And that's where we're going with it. Well, I can't wait to see that. I love uh, seeing your journey so far and talking to you today. So I'm excited to see what's next. Thanks, man. And, uh, thank you so much. You're, you're a hell of an interviewer. You ask great questions and looking forward to, you know, working with you in the future and hearing more stuff that you're going to be doing yourself. So thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Well, let's just cut out and I'll fix the rest of it in editing. You can say your name one last time. And... You got it, man. Mike Fallett at the Dream Starter or dreamstarterspublishing.com. Call me anytime. This is all I do. My business is my life. So I'm here for you guys. Okay. And this is another episode of Trap Life. Peace and perspective on your journey. Hey, this is Mike Fallett from Dream Starters Publishing. We created the number one book creation service for entrepreneurs. And in this podcast, you're going to hear about my story and how I help people write their books and keep chasing that hero of theirs. So I hope you like it. You can follow me at The Dream Starter on Instagram and reach out to me anytime. I hope you like it because this one is going to be fun.